Recording in progress. Hello and welcome again to Money Sips. This is Charles Kelly. Well, there's been a lot happening this week in, in the news uh, with, with, with mortgage rates in particular, but some of the mortgage rates are now reaching over 6%. And this comes on top of the news that OPEC, uh, that these are the major oil producers, most of the Middle East, they are planning to cut their production by up to 2 million barrels a day. Now that's going to put further pressure on oil prices for the West. Now, it, when I say the West, this, this doesn't really include America because America could be virtually self-sufficient for oil if they wanted to, if they weren't going down this green uh, route that they've been going down. But for, for everyone else, it's going to be uh, a tough time coming into winter with bills already very high. But it's mortgages I want to uh, concentrate on today and, and show you just how much mortgage rates have risen. Now, this comes on the back of interest rates going up, that the half percent rise by the Bank of England that we talked about about a week ago. Uh, many of my listeners would have been listening to me and watching me over the last year, predicting that rates were going to go higher because I think we've all got used to these low interest rates, uh, this, this, this two and one and two percent mortgage rates, which have never existed in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm not sure I'll ever see it again. Uh, these were artificially low rates. In, in, in my lifetime, interest rates have been around 6-7%, not around 2 and 3%. So we've had a good run on this, uh, but that, that time seems to be coming to an, an end. So the Bank of England rose, uh, raised interest rates. Then we had the mini-budget where Kwasi Kwarteng announced a lot of measures to boost spending, and the city didn't like it, and the pound then plunged by around 15% almost reached parity with the dollar. So the Bank of England now are going to be forced to keep rates high, to keep up with America, who are um, uh, putting rates up and, and slowing their economy down. And, and so the Bank of England will have to respond to that and, and keep rates uh, going up. Now, they were going to put rates up anyway, probably, because they have an inflation target of 2%, and we're already five times over that now. I think it's a, a, a very... A difficult target to, to reach and it's going to put a lot of pain on people you know the average person in the street that doesn't earn half a million pounds a year like the bank governor of the bank of england so the average person really will be squeezed by by these interest rates in in, in the battle to, to curb inflation but let's have a look at uh, just how much interest rates have have uh, gone up here uh, we, we see here uh, that looking in the chart here because this this illustrates it better than me talking about it but this chart will show you that average interest rates these are on two and five year deals now you might get cheaper than that from a good broker depending on how much deposit you're going to put down your income status and all the rest of it but you can see that just just back as far as um you know 2021 uh, interest rates for a two-year fix were just over two percent and not that much higher two and a half percent for a five-year fix uh, then then you saw that by september of this year those rates have jumped to to four and a half uh, getting on for five percent similar kind of rates actually i mean it, it, it most people i don't know why they would go for a two percent fixed when a five-year is not that much more expensive unless the fees are very high but now we see uh, that, that by October, this is after the last rate rise, we see rates creeping above 6%. And, and that's a lot. You know, that's nearly 
uh, getting on for three for on the on the two year deal. It's nearly three times. It's gone up by three hundred percent compared to before. So if you were a new borrower, you know you're going to be faced with these with these rates. If you're a borrower coming off the back of a an expired two year deal from you know from twenty twenty. You know, you're, you're going to go back to your lender and say, well, I want to refix. And, and they'll say, well, it's now gone from 2%-ish to nearly 6%. You know, that's a, as a big jump in, in your payments. It's a big, it's a shock to the system, let's face it, uh, for, for anybody. And I, I know most borrowers are on fixed rates. And the people I talk to, the people I've been helping, I, I've normally got five-year fixed rates. But a lot of people are not, you know, particularly people who've bought uh, their, their properties, you know, maybe three, four years ago, and they're coming to the end of their deals, and that they are going to have to decide whether or not to come out of their existing deal and pay a penalty to go onto a rate before rates go up, or sit it out and wait and see what happens. But rates are predicted to go even higher than this, because uh, as I was saying last week, uh, many economists expect base rates, that's not the mortgage rate, that's the base Bank of England rate, to go above uh, 4.5% by next year. And then the banks add on their margins, which have increased over the last few years. The banks have been very greedy. Um, the banks used to put on a margin on top of the base rate of between one and a half and two percent. Now they're, they're, they're regularly sticking on three uh, percent on top of their uh, the Bank of England uh, uh, base rate. So at the moment, if they're if they're charging six uh, percent here uh, for for a deal, um, you know. The Bank of England base rate is only just over 2%, and, and they're, they're really ramping it up here. And this is pure greed, particularly when you, you, you can see that the banks get a lot of their money from depositors. You know, depositors put money in banks, they lend the money to the banks, and the banks then lend it out at higher rates. Well, a lot of depositors are sitting on getting interest rates of just, you know, less than 1%, and, and the banks are lending that out at six times that. And in some cases, it's probably more like, 12 or 20 times the amount they're paying uh, the, the depositors. So again, it's pure greed on behalf of the banks. They're not really doing us any favours. And, you know, I, I hope that if the market slows down, the banks will be then forced to, 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 to come back to, to more civilised interest rates. Now, how would this affect you? Uh, how high could things go? Well, we don't know exactly how high they're going to go, but look how much your mortgage could cost each month based on these rates. Now, based on a £100,000 deal here, you can see uh, you, you would have been paying around £424 a month. If that goes to 4%, uh, 4% that's 528 that's up, up, up another £100 per month, or 25% increase on you know, what you were paying. Now, if you think 10% inflation, you think your bill is going up, this is a 25% rise. And if it goes to 6%, then you're looking at £644 a month. That's £220 extra per month, or you know, roughly 50% more than you were paying previously. And as you go through the, the various rates here, 200, I mean, a, a typical average mortgage in the country is around 200,000. So their payments could go up between, you know, from around 800 to 1,000 for a 4% fixed to even £1,200 a month for a 6% fixed. And that's, that's again a 50% jump, another £441 a month. And if you've got bigger, chunkier mortgages, like three, 400000 you know, you can see your payments going up by, you know, up to £666 a month, £661 a month, or, 
you know, even up by £800 a month. You know, if you look at that, £800 a month, that's, you know, it's 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 just a horrendous, you know, you that's the same as, as borrowing £200,000 at 2%. You know, so that, that's a big jump by anybody's imagination, by any uh, budget, even if you're earning quite good salaries. And then if this comes on, on top of maybe one of you losing a job or one of you having a, a salary cut or... You know, you're also coping with the bills on top of that. You know, a lot of people are going to get into trouble based on this. Now, these are for residential mortgages um, and it's a repayment mortgages. I'm not talking about buy-to-lets here, uh, but buy-to-let landlords, I would imagine, are going to suffer similar fates um, because, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. And, and a lot, a lot of buy-to-let landlords, you know, if, if you were had a mortgage on, on one of these, say you had a 300,000 buy-to-let mortgage and you said, you know, you're going to then face with a £666 a month extra. <clears throat> Can you go back to your tenant and increase the rent by £600 a month? No, of course you can't. And, you know, if, if it was a bigger mortgage, like a £400,000 mortgage on, say, a half a million pounds property, that would rent out for, say, I don't know, eight, 1800 a month. Um, now, based on a mortgage where, you know, you, you were only paying... Uh, 1600 a month or if it was interest only uh, you'd be paying less than that you know now your mortgage on a repayment basis could go up to 200 2500 a month that's not even going to be covered by the rent payment yeah I mean you could have a um, a, a, just an interest only of course um, you know then then it would be a lot cheaper Uh, but what's what's six fours uh, what 24 2000 yeah I mean on, on an interest only, you, you could manage it. But if, if your mortgage is repayment, you know, you're, you're going to be struggling as a buy-to-let landlord with that with that sort of uh, rent payment. OK, so that, that, that's what's happening there now. Talking about rents in, in Scotland, there's a bill going through to freeze rents until next year. Uh, and, and a lot of people in, in Scotland are, are worried about this. A lot of landlords are worried that if, if rents are freezed, while all their payments are going up, uh, they're going to be squeezed. Obviously, the, the government, which is a socialist government, MSP, in, in Scotland, um, uh, sorry, not SMP, in Scotland, then, you know, they are protecting the tenants. But in protecting the tenants, what are they doing? Perhaps they are uh, maybe pushing landlords away and then end up, you know, you could end up with uh, less properties on the market and then rents going up. And it looks like, Rents have already gone up by around 30% in the last year in Scotland, perhaps in anticipation of these uh, these rent freezes and basically anti-landlord legislation. Uh, and I don't know if they've applied the same freeze to, to council tenants, but obviously council rents are lower. Uh, but, um, you know, certainly for private landlords, there's definitely this attack on, on landlords. So what will happen in Scotland? I don't know. I, I don't know much about the Scottish market. Um, I, I, I expect landlords will try and sit it out. Not every landlord will, will get out of the market, uh, but you know, faced with higher interest rates, higher costs, mortgage costs, and then fixed rents that they can't even put up, what, what can they do? They, they may be forced to say, well, I'm going to sell. And if they have to sell uh, during a downturn in the market, then that, that's when they, they could lose out uh, because they're not selling at the optimum time. And even when you try and sell an investment property, you, you then have to... Uh, of course, get get, um, get you know 
actually get a vacant possession because most people won't buy a property with a tenant in there. So you, you have to then get vacant possession. And that means that, you know, you, you could take six months or a year uh, asking the tenant to leave or evicting the tenant to sell your property. And, you know, by that time, who knows what's going to happen. So you could have a long, lengthy uh, process in, in trying to sell uh, an investment property. I've been through this process my, myself. So, so what can you do? I mean, all of us, whether you're a landlord, a tenant, um, just, just generally somebody w working and paying bills, you've got to really learn how to manage your money, to, to cut back on the things maybe you don't need. And, and the first step of that is, is to get control of your finances. So I'm offering some free training, uh, which you can find on the description to help you get control of your finances within, within 28 days or, or less even. Uh, and, you know, that, that will give you, it's, it's a free one and a half hour webinar to show you some of the ideas I have to, to help you get control of your finances. I'm not going to go through them all here. And then if you're really serious and you really need some help and you're, you're not managing your finances properly, then check out the link to book a free discovery wealth discovery call with me, uh, which I can probably do now sometime next week. I've got a few slots open for that. So have, have check that out and I will speak to you again soon. In the meantime, just try and uh, get to grips with your finances and, and know what's coming in and what's going out. That, you know, because if you can't measure it, then you can't improve it, as, as Peter Drucker said. So in the meantime, uh, stay safe out there. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. And do check out my book. I have a little plug there for Borrow and Grow Rich, which is now available on Audible as a, a downloadable audio book on Audible. So that's a super app if you haven't got Audible. Uh, I think you pay six, seven or eight pounds a month and then you can download one audio book a month and you get often deals and two for one offers and that sort of thing. So that that has really helped change my life and helped me get through a lot more books by having Audible uh, as an app. They're part of Amazon now, by the way. So thanks for listening and have a, have a great day wherever you are. Thank you. Bye for now. Recording stopped.